Yeah, our reading today is from Galatians 5, verses 13 through 14, 16 through 17, and then 22 through 25. You, brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Word of the Lord. So today's sermon uh, is the last one on this sermon series about self-control. And every once in a while, as, as I go through the week, sometimes different uh, stories I may want to tell from up front uh, come to mind. And just last night, I had one that came up, and Susan said I can tell this one. Uh, that's how you know it's going to be good when I say that my wife said I can tell it. But, uh, so last night, we're sitting at home, and we've had a number of days where uh, either I've been working or she's been working. And she gets home. It's about 10.30 at night. Uh, And we both kind of have this mutual idea that, you know, some cookie dough sounds pretty good right now. So at 10.30 at night, we go into the kitchen and we make up chocolate chip cookies, having no uh, desire to cook them, and eat cookie dough at 10.30 at night. And then I said, you know, tomorrow's sermon's about (laughs) self-control. And she said, you may have to tell that one. So there you go. So today we're going to look at what is biblical self-control. So don't learn from me. All right, don't, don't eat cookie dough at 1030 at night and call it self-control. Um, but as we look through these, these different flavors of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, one thing that just stands out so very clearly in Scripture is that um, these are not some kind of Christian to-do list. This is not some kind of list that says, if you do this, and if you're able to do all of these things, then you will be some kind of better Christian than if you couldn't. Uh, These are actually designed here to show us practical ways to know if the Holy Spirit is working in and through us in the world around us. So if, if in our interactions with the world, it looks like this list, it looks like, and I'll just read it off here again, It looks like love, and it looks and feels like joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, then we can can say that that is the Holy Spirit working in and through us, because in our own strength, we don't look and feel that way very often to those around us. Uh, It's only when God is working through us. A few years ago, uh, this is probably maybe 10 years ago, uh, Lay's Potato Chips came out with a new slogan. It was Lay's Potato Chips. Bet you can't just eat one. And they were right. 
I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but let me just list these chips and see if it intrigues you. There's the classic potato chip. Of course, there's the wavy, you know, a little better for dipping as, as they market. Uh, barbecue, sour cream and onion, cheddar. Some people like those dill pickle ones. Uh, people are kind of split on the dill pickle. Uh, I'm getting some ick. Uh, but this slogan, bet you can't just eat one. And what is so brilliant about this is they actually spent a lot of money and hired people, and, and they have people that work for these large companies, that their job is to come up with these slogans. And their job is to understand you and me as the consumer enough to know how to sell these chips to us. And how well do they know us? They know that we don't have self-control. How well they know us is that they know that we can't just eat one potato chip. I don't know if you've ever been to a gathering. Uh, they don't happen as often here in 2020. But back in 2019, when people would gather together uh, in houses, this happened. Um, it seems reckless now, but it was a thing. Back in 2019, people would gather together. And sometimes, gatherings I've gone to, there's a big bowl of chips on the counter. And I don't know about you, but I cannot eat just one. I'll, I'll start, it feels innocent at first. I'll just eat one chip. And pretty soon I'm having to, to literally remove myself from the temptation in front of me. I'm having to leave the counter or leave the island or, or whatever it is that has these chips on it. I'm having to leave it and, and go to a different part of the house. So I stop eating these potato chips. There's something spiritual about that. There's, there's something about that, that that just shows our lack of self-control and even the simplest things of life. Even if all we're talking about is potato chips. So what does it mean when we get to this list of, of fruit and, and ways the Holy Spirit feels if we're living it out and self-control is on the list right alongside love and peace and joy. Now, the point of this list is that we can't pick and choose which ones we want to have. And, and as we gather into this together, I think uh, if we separate a little bit what, what we often kind of use as self-control and we look at uh, kind of this biblical idea of what controlling the self looks like, uh, it, I think it will be helpful. So self-control, my first point is self-control is not like self-esteem. So self-esteem uh, is a great thing, but when we think of self-control, we often think of words like self-reliance or self-esteem, but those are things that we do in our own power, by ourself. So uh, in myself, then, then I have esteem. Or in my, my own self, I can be reliant, so I have self-reliance. Self-control is actually the opposite. Self-control is about controlling oneself. So we're not using our own strength. We're not using our own power in self-control. It's, it's not self-reliance. It's, it's controlling oneself. And I think there's a key difference there when we look into it from a biblical perspective. Because if we're only using our own power, if, if, if our self is, is in charge of self-controlling, then we're on pretty weak ground, most of us. It's like that bowl of chips. If I just rely on myself, uh, I'm going to fail almost every time. 
So we read in scripture that there's basically there's two kinds of fruit that we're producing. And, and in this passage that I read right before this, uh, we hear about the fruit of the Spirit. And again, we're on this last week of this whole summer sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and that's a good thing, but we, we've been talking about this a lot. But there's also the fruit of the flesh, is how it calls it, or the fruit of the body. So this was actually in our reading today. It says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So at every point in our lives, we are bearing fruit. It's just what fruit are you bearing? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit in whatever moment you're in, in whatever situation you're in? Are you bearing the fruit of, of what Scripture calls the flesh or the fruit of your old self? These are situations that uh, I know I've been in. I'm sure uh, this sounds familiar, but something comes up and I am tempted to let the old John out. The temptation in my head is, is to react in a way that would, that would satisfy me in the moment. Maybe it's being more harsh with someone than I want to be. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, being blunt or something. But, but I want to lift that old John out from inside me. That old John that the Holy Spirit has been working on for many, many years. And I would just say, gosh, there's something in my mind that says, just, just lit me at him for 20 seconds. Just, just let me be the old John for 20 seconds. And, but I know that that will lead to destruction. And I know that that will lead to hurt relationships and despair. Right? And these moments happen to us far more often than we think. These moments can be fairly innocent. You can be driving down Highway 4. Uh, maybe I'll just end there. You can be driving down Highway 4. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen other drivers. Uh, you don't always agree with them. Uh, and, and you can lit. The old, I can let the old John out in that moment, or I can choose to live through the Holy Spirit. I was in a parking lot once, and my car's parked there, uh, and somebody's pushing their cart back to the cart corral, and they just kind of shove it from a distance, and it's one of those bad carts. You know when you get the bad cart. Veers off to the left, just bangs my car. Very good opportunity for me to let the old John out. That the old John wanted to come out in that moment. Or it could look like peace and love and joy and patience and oh, self-control. And in those split seconds, either the Holy Spirit is bearing fruit through us or we are bearing this other kind of fruit. Right? So kids, there's a few kids here, else you can listen to, don't, you know, don't like turn off your ears. Kids, I really wish I could do more children's sermons, but it's hard to get them up front uh, during this COVID time. So I'm just going to do it like this. Somebody at school takes your favorite toy. Not only do they take your favorite toy, they start being mean to you. They start calling you names. How do you react? Do you let your old self come forward or do you somehow let the Holy Spirit work through you? 
Here's another example. So you just received some discipline from mom or dad. Uh, this never happens to children. But uh, assuming, let's say you did something wrong, and you're receiving some discipline. Mom or dad are saying, uh, we don't want you to behave that way. That's not a right way to behave. But your younger brother or sister behind them, somewhere off to the right, and they are smiling ear to ear. We've all been there, folks. <laughs> They are smiling ear to ear. Do you let your old self come forward? Or do you practice this Holy Spirit self-control that shows love? So this self-control, as I said in the beginning, this isn't uh, using ourself to control. This is us with the Holy Spirit controlling ourselves. And, and think of it this way, the, the control in this, or, or the self, I should say, the self is not the weapon that we use in this fight. You know, if you think of, think of a knight with, with armor and sword and a shield, ourselves is not what we are fighting with. It is not the sword that we are fighting with. The self is the enemy in this scenario. And that's how scripture puts it. And scripture is pretty blunt. Uh, with this. Luke 9, verse 23, this is Jesus talking. And it says, And then he, meaning Jesus, said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So here, self control is the denial of oneself rather than the reliance on ourselves. So much easier said than done. If we're honest and if and we truly look inside of ourselves, many of us love the idea of control for the sake of control. It helps push back against any like maybe uh, anxiety in our life that, that we think if we can control everything and everybody, I don't know if you have anyone like this in your life, but if you could just control them, make their decisions for them, Oh, their life would be so much better. We know. We know what they need. There's one laugh. We don't know what they need. All we need to do is surrender our own control to the Holy Spirit. Is to live in such a way that says, somebody is going to control my life. And it's either going to be my old self or it's going to be the Holy Spirit. And, and if we live in a way that we uh, live into our own selves, that has consequences. And we've all seen them throughout life. We've seen the consequences of, of broken relationships, of hurt feelings, of, of damage that we have done, of, of kind of a dangerous wake we have left behind us. Or we can bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in these relationships. And the wake that we leave behind us looks very, very different. My second point is that self-control is more than just saying no to something. The difference here primarily between a biblical idea of self-control and, and maybe like a self-help idea of self-control is twofold. One, it's the source of where the control comes from. And the second part is that it's the credit when the control already happens. So the source is number one. Where does the power come from? in order for us to deny ourselves 
and live out the Holy Spirit? Is it from you? Is it from your own power, your own uh, kind of stubborn, determined self? Determined, that's not a word. Uh, your own stubborn self? Uh, or is it that you are consciously relying on the Holy Spirit to live in and through you? I've heard it said it this way. So if someone comes to you angry, either way you lose control. Either way, you either lose control to your own emotions in the, in the moment, you lose control to your old self and you let your old self uh, act, or you lose control to the Holy Spirit and you give it to the Holy Spirit. Either way, if you're trying to cling to control, it's, it's just simply less than what Scripture is calling us to. We're called to lose control. We're just called to lose control to the right one. We're called to lose control to the Holy Spirit, not to ourselves and not to how we want to behave. So the control comes from the Holy Spirit. The second part is the credit. Who gets the credit when it's all said and done? If I do something in my own strength, in my own power, it's really nice and it really feels good to turn around and to say, well done me. Pat myself on the back. Wow, you really persevered. You really persevered there. You really did a great job. You really um, just, just made it through that. Oh, now this is funny. So this example was written before. Ignore what I said about the cookie dough earlier. It says, if I had a cookie and I feel I shouldn't eat it, and I'm able to put it down, who gets the credit? Right? I do. Because I left the cookie alone. If I'm at the chip table, I'm able to walk away. Good job, me. I only ate 15,000 chips. Um, if I want to run... 5K and, and I go out and I, and I do one of those couch to 5K programs and it says run this much and then walk and then run and walk. And at the end of my time, I'm able to go out and I'm able to run five kilometers. Um, I am tempted to give myself credit for that. And maybe that's not totally wrong because I worked hard uh, for that credit. But the question is when it comes to biblical self-control, who gets the credit? So when we act in a way, we're able to live out in a way, uh, like I said, this parking lot situation and the cart uh, from this uh, careless person, they're, they're pushing it from far away and it smacks into the side of my car and I'm able to uh, either, either ignore it or I'm able to, to interact with them in some way that is, that is more Holy Spirit and less my old self, then afterwards, it's the Holy Spirit that gets the credit. Spirit that I say, Lord, I am so grateful that you let me behave in this way, that you worked in and through me in this way. So I saw this video. It was it was on YouTube. Uh, it was a little while ago, and and maybe some of you have dogs like this, but there's this dog, and it's really well trained, and and it's at this like barbecue. Some of you are looking at each other like, that's not our dog already. <laughs> but it's really well trained. It's at this barbecue, and, and this guy is cooking up some steak. And he says to his buddies, watch this. And he, and he cuts off this nice, fatty, juicy piece of steak. And he tells the dog to sit. He tells the dog to stay. The dog stays there, and he lays across the dog's nose. And the dog just sits there. 
Some of you again are like, not my dog. Uh, the dog just sits there, and the dog is kind of staring cross-eyed at it. And he's drooling, and he says it stay. And this guy in the video, he turns around, and he has what appears to be like a three-minute conversation with these other people at the party. He's not even facing the dog. The dog's just over there. And, and eventually, he turns around, and he just snaps his finger. And the dog flips that steak in the air and eats it out of the air and is just as happy as it could possibly be. Now, we're not dogs to God, so don't get wrong what I'm saying. We're not dogs, we're not his pets, we're not some uh, weird scenario like that. But I think there's something to be learned here. So why does the dog not immediately eat the steak? The dog clearly wants to eat the steak. He's drooling, he's staring at it, he's sitting, he's almost shaking uh, as he's sitting there. So why does the dog not eat the steak? And the reason he doesn't eat it is because he's focused on the owner. The reason he doesn't eat it is because this, he, the dog is smart enough to know that that steak will give him temporary satisfaction, but the relationship with the owner is more important. And he wants to live alongside that owner, and, and he wants to be a good boy, and he wants to make the owner happy and pleased with what he is and who he is And people of God, our Heavenly Father loves us and cares for us so much more than that owner cares for that dog. That owner may love that dog. It has nothing to do with the love that God has for each one of us. So as I end this sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit, I just pray that that the reason you would even look at this list and look at how should I be behaving is not again, because of some Christian to-do list, but it's because your relationship with your Heavenly Father. When your Heavenly Father says, these are ways that I will know that the Holy Spirit is working in you and working through you, that something beautiful happens there. And that we don't want to do it out of some strange sense of obligation or some strange sense of uh, of pleasing, but we want to do it because we know that our Heavenly Father wants what's best for us. And we want to do it because we want to love other people well. And we want to live in a world where people look at us and people see us and they say, there's something about that person that's different. Because maybe in their own lives, maybe they've only known people who have lived into their old selves. And they look at you and And maybe it's the day that they were boneheaded and didn't think and they hit the side of your car with their grocery cart and they thought, here it comes again. Here comes this same story that has played out my entire life where I've messed up, I've become a failure, and now I'm going to approach this car and they're trembling and and they're scared. And they know what a mess up they've been. And it has played into a story in their own minds, in their own lives of the failure that they have been. And when you leave the car and it looks like love and it looks like peace and it looks like joy and patience, that that may be the only Holy Spirit that they see that day. And the glory goes to God in that moment. The credit goes to God for working in and working through us in a way that brings Him glory. Amen.